Hello, beautiful people, and thank you so much, as always, for clicking on this podcast and this episode of Joe Blogs About Films, or in this particular episode, Joe Blogs About TV, because we're going to be diving into the much controversial, it's splitting a lot of, well, since it's since it was released, I'm quite late to the party in respect to actually giving my thoughts on this episode, on this particular show, and I was back and forth about, you know, whether to actually discuss it on the podcast, so I probably might just keep this um, yeah, as brief as I possibly can, but... Dharma Monster, the Jeffrey Dharma story, which in itself is an absolute mouthful of a title. We'll just call it Dharma. Obviously hit Netflix uh, in September. I think it was September the 21st it was released. So around a month ago that this actually started, um, yeah, was released into the world. And obviously it's come with some great scrutiny as to be expected. I think that the story itself, obviously, you know, for me as um, as an audience member, at least in terms of just someone who knows if anything about Jeffrey Dahmer was that he's a serial killer, obviously cannibal, targeted young men and boys and such, but to watch more about it, I, you know, that's the side, that's the thing that draws you in with these kind of things. But I can see from the perspective, obviously, of the, the families of the victims, you know, you've got to remember that Dahmer killed at least 17 people in his spree, you know, and it only, this is the thing, it's, it's still quite recent, you know, it ended in 91, I said when he was caught, Um, it's still fairly recent, it's not too long ago, so I can see why, in particular, people are thinking it's a little bit distasteful that something has been dramatised and made into a TV series. And albeit, you know, I'll come to in respect of how I think it was put together as a production value. But yeah, I can see it's a very, very fine line. It's that thing again because I've had plenty of discussions with people about it as well. Um, for me, like I said, that not only are we dealing with someone that's so sick. An actual horrible and, and monster, you know, this is in this particular individual. But you know, the systematic racism that we see in this show as well. The you know the failures that the police did in 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 what could have prevented him from killing so many more people. It's just shocking. Like some of the things you see are pretty harrowing, and it's just staggering that you know, nearly thirty years later, after the movement that was created around, obviously, what happened with Dharma. That we're still they're still having to have these movements. In addition to this as well, not only that, but there was an awful, awful amount of homophobia surrounding this case and the crimes that Dharma committed. Um, again, so much so that it did prevent him from being caught sooner. It just absolutely infuriating once again to watch it. You know, like I say, with the the prime example there, the fourteen year old boy, these police officers, not only the fact that he wasn't white as well, by the fact of Dharma saying it was his boyfriend, they're just kinda of like, no, not not really dealing with that, just off you pop kind of thing. Yep, yep, you've had a fallout, whatever. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And the fact they were making jokes about it as well, which is just staggering and again still goes on in this uh, in, in this day and age it's uh, it's horrendous what what actually did happen there's so many factors in this i think for me again watching this it's just trying to 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 learn why this all happened why it went on for as long as it did um and there's just so many themes to say of negligence and such that that did allow dharma to continue so there's there's a lot really to unpack with this and you know that's why i tried to take away from it i tried to kind of just watch it, and 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 I know that there's fictionalized elements of it. There's a lot of you know parts of the story where I think people are saying after like episode six or so, it's a little bit more fiction. But end of the day, God, there were some things in this I did not know about in particular. Say there's so many elements of it, like like with anything when you know you only know bits and bobs of the actual story. And again, you'd have to really you know take a deep dive into trying to find out exactly what. 
um, what was real and um, and what wasn't. But you know, I'm trying to. I'm definitely going to keep this balance because, as I say, I can see from the victims' perspectives just how re-traumatizing doing. You know, Netflix putting on something like this and having a creative team. You know, trying to find actors and people to portray them and just the whole thing just going to bring back some horrendous. Um, a horrendous moment in their life, you know what I mean? So I'm going to try and keep it as balanced and as, um, yeah, on that fine line again, as I was talking about. But this particular episode, as uh, yeah, as you'll know, is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, as to rss.com. If you jump onto Facebook as well and give us a like and a follow on there, just search Joe Blogs About Films, you can find out when new episodes are happening and when. But also, if you hit notification on Spotify or Apple or wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast through, um, you'll be notified. You'll get a notification on your lovely phone, to tell you when the new episode has been uploaded. And while you're at it, leave us a review, because that would be absolutely lovely. So here we go then, Dharma Monster, the Jeffrey Dharma story. I don't know why they called it that, but there we go. Um, obviously, the, the creative, creative team behind it, Ryan Murphy, Ian Brennan. Ryan Murphy, famously known for his work with American Horror Story, American Horror Stories, Glee, this and that. You know, So he knows how to create a real sinister tone to it. And that's the the best kind of word I can use to describe this TV series as a whole. It's just, it's so sinister. It's incredibly uncomfortable to watch, in particular those moments between, you know, Dharma and, and the next victim and such. And just, like I say, having, you know, this eerie music play, I thought the score was really well done and really put together for this show. Um, I'll come to Peter's, Evan Peter's performance in just a tick, but, you know, the things that really stood out for me in this was not particularly what you see, it was mainly what you heard, because this is it, it's not like, they were, you know, they, they, they we didn't see the actual killings, which I was really happy about, because as much as, you know, I've, I mean, I've recently just done a podcast on a few, like, you know, more horror films-esque, I mean, I, I'm not fond, I, I think, the thing, the thing, just another side tangent is that when it comes to something like this is that, you know, you, you watch your horror films or whatever and you know that this is just a made-up story, but when you watch something like Dharma, this is obviously a, a, a dramatisation or, you know, a, a production around an actual real-life serial killer, it's really harrowing and haunting to know that this actually happened. Granted, we don't know the actual length of the conversations and those personal moments between the two that obviously, the, the again, that the cameras and the production team will have to make up in between, but knowing that someone like Dharma was out there that was actually targeting these young boys and men um, to, obviously for his next victims and such, I just find it all just so like really unsettling and really uneasy to watch. So added on top of that, the fact that we know what he did and in terms of cannibalism elements of it or the fact he was, you know, chopping up the victims and such, I found even more scarring and, and I can't begin to imagine what it was like for the families of these poor victims that to, to receive that kind of news, to know that their son was a victim of Jeffrey Dahmer, like it's just it's a very very unsettling, and it's definitely one of those things where it's a one episode a nighter because that's why it's kind of taken us a little bit too a little bit longer to watch this, just to kind of mentally prepare yourself for what you're about to watch because you don't know what's going to happen in the next episode. Obviously, what I liked uh, in the sense of a a creative standpoint was that we start with Dahmer getting caught. You know, we see that that last victim escaping. And so on. I mean, it'd have been very easy in that moment, given what we see in the rest of the show with the racism and such, and the police and everything. That that victim, that was that was obviously escaped, escaped Dharma's apartment at the start, could have just had the same thing happen to him as that fourteen-year-old boy when they just took him back and were like, "Oh, if you pop," kind of thing. Again, just because of the color of the skin and the fact that they were gay as well, the police were just absolutely horrible and useless. You know, it was, you look at what they were like when it came to actually going anywhere near Dharma's apartment, knowing that he was a homosexual. 
um, they didn't want to go in. It's like I say, Dharma again playing up to that within this, you know, saying, oh, do you want to go check out my bedroom as well? And we're all like, no, no, you're fine. It's only because by one chance, one of the officers does find these harrowing images, these pictures that obviously Dharma was taken of his victims in various stages of what he was doing to the bodies. That that's how they actually finally caught him after everything they said the neighbour had been complaining about. Just completely all this was all unavoidable in the sense they could have stopped him an awful an awful lot sooner. But to see to start with that I felt was a bold move for Crick because most people want that linear experience, you know, to see him start out and then to see him get caught. But I I, I liked what they did with that because it allowed us then to kind of really deep dive into the actual into him into Dharma which I will come to in a second as well as I said I do want to talk about Evan Peters but just touching back on the actual score sorry following uh, what I was just saying there that yeah the way that they would have these moments where Dharma would be sat with a guy and then it'd the music would just stop the music would cut out and it'd be all natural sounds that you can hear or if anything nothing at all having the score do that in between everything all this the, these long silences these long pauses very very unsettling um and from episode one it did that which i i still to this day it's one of those like you know in like you're trying to just rest your mind after watching something you have to like put something really light on after something like this so i might go to a bit of the office or friends or something but even then you still find yourself wandering back to like what you've just witnessed and this is all this is all without actually seeing any any killings or anything because like i say you only hear things or in particular you know when we cut to Glenda Cleveland, the the, the neighbour of uh, of Jeffrey Dahmer, was portrayed brilliantly by uh, Nisi Nash. Apologies, whichever way it's pronouncing that, but I thought that she was a fantastic character and like a nice standpoint as well, a nice point of view. Sorry for the audience to come in through to have this, you know, not only the experience that the the victims are having, but to have someone that's actually living next door to what is going on and what she can hear and what she can smell in particular. Um, I, I think that it was it was a, a, a nice creative decision to go through that character as that as that point of view, but this this is this is where it's difficult to talk about something like this because I, I I'm talking about people's performance has been absolutely amazing in this, but we're talking about a, a TV show that is based on an actual real life story that is still to this day hurting people, um, in particular I say those victims. But what I will say about Evan Peters is that we know he's a tremendous actor, like he's done some amazing work in like all of his roles that he plays in American Horror Story and you know I, I love him as Quicksilver this that and the other end and it, I do feel that he really must have had to go to such a dark place to play such a horrible character such as Jeffrey Dahmer obviously to put yourself into that mindset and to, to, to make him think um, how Dahmer would have maybe done this or that or even study Dahmer I'm sure that, that would have gone into it as well to learn the mannerisms the, the, the way that he moved and such like I feel that Again, adding to what I was saying about that uneasiness and uncomfortable and sinister side of this show, he has that aura all around him. Like every time, every time Evan Peters was on screen, even when he was, he was just doing like a, his day to day job or whatever, or at least like trying to, you know, mask what he's actually really like. There was still something behind those eyes, which I thought that Evan Peters really did ever so well. But again, there's that, there's that flip of it, which I do fully understand uh, that people are arguing that it almost like humanizes the character, that like they're trying to make us empathize with him. This is the difficult thing with the show itself, a fine line of, obviously, that what they're trying to do is show us a little bit more of his background, his upbringing, obviously, his, his broken relationship between his parents, this and that, and how that, you know, in particular, how, how he was close to his father, and they did the, 
you know, taxidermy, this and that with all the roadkill, how that may have shaped him or the fact that, you know, his mum left him and this and the and, and then obviously on top of that, he's been pushed around to be going to the army, blah, blah, blah. It's like there's there's that side of it where we they're trying to show us to maybe just have a bit more background, a bit more personal stuff for Dharma. But then there's that fine line, as I say, where it's like, well, is that borderline in too much of humanising him? Because... I'm not saying I was sat there feeling sorry for him in any situation. I tried to kind of take a step back from that and try to just just te- like take it as it's almost like I'm learning about him and what it was that maybe made him a serial killer. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's anything that that made him because as Evan Peters, as you know, as he says in the show, Jeffrey Dahmer, that he knew what he was doing. I think that, that all of this it was just a case of just just showing you the actual timeline of his life, what led him to what where he ends up, kind of thing. I don't think it was a way of saying, oh well you should feel sorry for him because this happened to him or because this happened to him. I didn't, I didn't personally feel that I can see the argument on the other side of that coin to be like, well, I, you know, someone else might think, well, no, I did think, I did think they were trying to, you know, humanize him a little bit too much. Um, I just tried to see it as that they were just giving us a little bit of background, but I don't think in any shape I was watching this thinking, Oh, I feel really sorry for him about that. Um, I just think he was a twisted individual. I don't think that it's like the thing again is that they, they spend the whole towards the end, obviously the show. So obviously after, after Jeffrey Dahmer's, you know he's killed um you know they want to study his brain and that try and work out what it is that made him and I, 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 it's like obviously his dad Lionel said it's just put it to bed put it to closure but at the same time I think you could study that brain as much as you possibly want I don't think there was anything that made him other than the fact that he was just built as a sick monster there is nothing more to it and as I say on top of all of that and all the horror and carnage and the the, the, the trauma that he's put all these people through you have the added factors, as I say, of what I've been talking about earlier—the systematic racism that was in this. That we, but that's obviously not even in this. It's still happening. You know what I mean? Like it still happens. It's going on, which is absolutely. Like I said, that it's a, it's sickening to think that you know after numerous and repeat phone calls from the neighbour, obviously Glenda explaining that things aren't right. Even like I said with the fourteen-year-old boy, when that boy is outside, completely, you know, out of it, not knowing where he is, naked, and these white officers would rather listen to. A white guy telling them that it's just his boyfriend, then a black person saying, No, something's wrong. They're like, No, that, that's it. Like, there's no argument to it. They're like, Okay, well, we're going to do what we want to do, anyways. I can't understand. It really, really angered me all the way through to this, especially those two officers, obviously, that were part of that with the 14 year old boy, and they sent him back to Dharma for them to obviously not only be suspended. But then their union, which just every time you read into this when it comes to America, it's so, like, particularly with the police and such, it's like they're untouchable. And this is what, like, just really, I'm trying not to swear. Obviously on the podcast, I I do try to keep this explicit free, but it just pisses me off big time that they're, like, so untouchable that not only, as we see in this show, that they get reinstated and then winning that award of like police policemen men or whatever of the year or whatever it is like and the contrast as well which i think again highlighting that systematic racism once again is that you know the chief or whatever that is that had to suspend them he's not he's an outsider as it is he's no longer looked up to by the police officers he's not even invited to this uh to this evening due obviously to this celebration they're winning this bs award and he's then presenting obviously the citizenship uh, the Citizens Award of the Year. And like I said, a contrasting scope of that in the sense that this is massive grand hallway for these police officers that are absolutely horrendous and uh, just sickening to this little grey-brown courtroom. Not even a courtroom, just, yeah, just like a little room of him doing this little speech, obviously, for the for the Citizens Award. And obviously, Glenda receiving that award after everything that she went through and everything that she persisted with by saying that something was wrong with Jeffrey Dahmer. But once again, she was just not taken seriously. We even get, obviously, like real phone calls and real 
moments as I said that, that we do have on tape obviously that are used in this uh, in this show I just it just really like I said there's just a lot to unpack with it and like you know the the uh, Jesse Jesse Jemmons um you know the pastor uh, that comes into it, Jesse Jackson apologies that comes into towards the end player by Nigel Gibbs you know he's you know the one that actually does listen to uh, to to Glenda finally allowing her to to let it all out and such and to to vow as well that he will hold the police responsible um, and he says obviously when when they're reinstated or whatever it is about these two policemen like he's, he's asked by his um, I think it was one of his colleagues like what do we do now it's like we just keep fighting on the next one and on the next one and I sat there and I was like and today it's still happening. You know, this was one movement, obviously, like I said, the, the police had to be held accountable for what they did, for what, well, not what they did, what they didn't do. And then still to this day, it is going on and it's allowing people like Jeffrey Dahmer to walk among us, to just carry on as they're doing and get away with it. It's just shocking. Like, it's absolutely outrageous. Like I say, I, I, I feel for the for the victims, as, as we all will do as well and should do watching this show. Um, I just, it's like, imagine, like I say, imagine having to just to go through and relive this. But, you know, I, well, there's no but there. I just think that as a as a creative um, as a creative piece, obviously for Netflix and the show itself, I do think that you know they try to do it as tastefully as they can. But I think with anything like this, it's always going to come with that division and that split between the audience. And I think that they've just got to take that. Um, you know, I I, I don't. I, it's, it's it's easy for me to sit there as a, as just a viewer watching this thinking that it was very well produced. You know, the great great creative team behind it, and such. Even though, contrary to that, you know, there are people out there who worked on the show that were saying it was still, there was still some things behind the scenes that weren't exactly brilliant. Um. So again, yeah, I, I I I what I'm trying to say is is that it's it's easy for me to sit here and watch it and think right, okay, I think you know they got what they wanted really to achieve with it without glamorizing what he did, but then. I can also, you know, see from a from a family point of view where anything touching this is going to be really, really, re, you know, re-traumatic, if that's a word, just traumatizing, like you know, bringing it back up. So, but you know, Evan Peters did a very, very good job in this. I th- like I said, I think he really did dive into that character. I can't imagine from a from an actor, uh, from an actor's perspective, to be given that role or to take that role on rather to then put yourself into that person's shoes and try to get into that mindset. It must have been really dark and really, really heavy. Um, yeah, there, there's just some... It was just really sinister, really sinister. Um, I, I, It's like with anything that Netflix do, it's a bit like I was saying when, you know, Netflix did their their documentary about like the Yorkshire Ripper, something that happened obviously locally where I'm based in area in Sheffield and rather than South Yorkshire, you know, there were people across the world that will not know anything about that or might know something about it, but not a lot. And then they watch that and then they learn more about it. This is kind of how I felt they did that with this, obviously this being an actual uh, drama and not just a documentary though. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there was some, there was some, I feel like everyone that was in, involved in this did a fantastic performance. I thought that a lot of the courtroom scenes were really emotional. Obviously episode six, you know, with Tony Hughes was, I mean, yeah, that, that was, that was a heavy one. That was definitely the heaviest one. It's, it's very easy to see why that one is getting a lot of applause. Um, particularly with the reviews and the critics, even on IMDb, it's got the highest rating. I think it's like 9.0 or something, or whatever it was, something like that. You know, to see this young guy just want to fulfill his dreams, you know, and and find love. You know, he doesn't want to go out and and sleep around this that and that. He wants to find the perfect someone. You know, he meets Jeffrey Dahmer, um, and then it's that classic thing again of Jeffrey Dahmer just not wanting to. You know, he didn't want doesn't want people to leave. That's his thing, isn't it? Like he never wants them to leave, and in just simply by him just having to go off and was it go to work or whatever gets killed. You know, to see. Tony's mum go through what she did and have those flashbacks and constant of those 
conversations that they had before in the past and everything like that. And just um, the fact that when she's trying to report him missing, she's trying to explain, obviously, when he was last seen or what he does in his spare time and this and that. And you can see that she is not, it's, it's not only that he's black, obviously, that this police officer is probably not taking it seriously in itself. But if she was to say that he was gay, it would just, they'd completely bottom of the pile it would be this case or as already it already seems to be because the police aren't doing anything that's why she's really pushing for it that's why she's trying to find her son herself but you can see in that moment she's going to and wants to say because i think the question that she gets asked is was he is out with like a lady friend or anything like that and you can see that she wants to uh just to say no he's gay like he he wouldn't he wouldn't be seen with it wouldn't be seen with a girl but he may have met someone at a bar whatever she was going to say in that moment but she just stops and says no he's he's deaf because again, like maybe by her saying that he's deaf, it might jump him up the priority list. Obviously, as a more vulnerable person that's gone missing. But purely, like I say that, that that in that moment she was wanting to tell him that that he was gay, and she couldn't because the police would then again just pretty much wash their hands of it. Um, just highlighting once again that failure of the system um, towards not only Tony's family, uh, to Tony himself, but to the many victims that Jeffrey Dahmer killed in this uh, in the time span that he was allowed to. Some really powerful performances in this show. You could watch the comparisons of life to what was presented in the actual show itself. Just, yeah, really, really, really tough to watch, I say, really emotional. I thought that uh, Tony's mum's speech in the in the courtroom, um, you know, was, was so moving and so emotional. It was the, the saddest, like I say, moment for me was that, was, 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 was her, was seeing what it was doing to her and the, the rest of the family. Um, it's just horrifying. Like I just, I just can't understand. Um, yeah, I just, I'll never, you, we'll never understand, will we? You know what I mean? What, why this horrible person did what they did, other than they are just purely a monster. It, it's one of those. It's a TV show that I am glad that I watched purely because I did find some things quite informative. I just find it so sinister, shocking, sinister, all of the, all of the above. But I do think that creatively, it was. Um, yeah, it's one of those where, like I say, it's it's a one episode a night, and you definitely need to watch something light afterwards. Um, I think that's pretty much all I want to cover on it, anyways. I mean, I'm not. Do you know what? I'm not even going to review it out of ten. I'm just just want to give you my thoughts on it because it was it it, it was a, a very very uncomfortable watch. Um, it did what it was meant to do, I think, and I just again, I'd I'd love to know other people's opinions on it as well, really. So. I'll leave it there. But thank you ever so much again for listening to this episode. I'll be back as well. I'm looking to try and revisit a few more spooky films and such for Halloween. I've got a uh, particular one lined up uh, regarding The Simpsons. Obviously, this time of year, it's great for Treehouse of Horrors. So expect an episode on that as well very soon. But as always, thank you so much. Jump onto Facebook and give us a like and a follow. Also, jump on to Spotify, all that, hit notification, leave reviews. I've said it before, you've heard it all. But thank you ever so much once again for listening to this podcast. Until the next episode, take care.